February 2nd, 2008. It's a Watt from Pedro show. Thank you. 
That was some great new stuff I just got turned on to. Dark Bubbles by Tobacco. And before that, John Coltrane with CTA. Now some now. Everybody, uh, welcome to February second, two thousand eight. Watt from Pedro Show. We're at the Love Grotto here on the Pleasure Point with Brother Matt. Yeah. Coming without an answer by now. Uh, January twenty second of last month, or would it be the twenty second of last month? <laughs> anyway, I did an interview on the phone with Justin Patton of the band Now on the telephone. So I want to know, uh, I don't really know a lot about it, so can you tell me how, it's been around a while, right? Yeah, yeah, ten years. Ten years. Yeah. Now you're but, the, you're the uh, like the meister behind it, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess you could say that, yeah. <laughs> but now meister. Yeah. And you started it ten years ago. Now you, you live in London? Yeah. And the band started in London? Yeah, well, um, it was more like a an idea I had, 
because I was playing drums in a couple of groups in in the late 90s and um, I used before that I was singing and just started writing songs again and wanted to get a group together recorded demos played it to some friends who I was jamming with um, and then we got to the live group together out of that and then we started rehearsing in January or February 99 started playing live in that summer you mean there was a band to like make those first songs and then the band to do gigs no no I, d I did the, the first songs as a demo myself oh and you played everything yeah and, and a, a so you needed a band to make it uh, possible to do it live yeah yeah uh, I mean, I'm not gonna uh, that's kind of like with that other cat um uh, her boss um, Ian he told the, me the he, go team yeah he told me he made a band a uh, bunch of songs and then needed a band uh, he got like uh, some a yeah, gig that's offer right. I think I vaguely remember telling me that yeah that's right <laughs> which is kind of different than other folks you know they get a band first and then they jam around and get some tunes together you cats did it the other way where you get the tunes together then you I, find a band I don't know about him but I'd, I'd been in band since school so um, I'd done a lot of that get, getting together with friends and uh, and my brother and school friends and stuff like that and, and playing and making a group like that um, and you I were tired of that right thing that I was being bossy in or something I don't know you know that was my songs or something ah you wanted to more realize something yourself yeah and not have to compromise compromise by dreaming by committee yes yeah <laughs> yeah I okay one two one two yeah here we go yeah. get going again okay so so th say that again there um, uh, you started in school with bands and stuff yeah um, jamming around with um, friends and uh, and my brother and um, uh, I, we, there was a group where there was three or four singers and songwriters and it just got difficult um, negotiating who was going to do what in a short set that the, the, the pub venues at the time were allowing you to do Oh, right, right, right. Like a little set, and uh, only so many, so many songs are going to get done. Yeah. You're going to have to divvy it up between the cats and the band. Some of our songs were quite long back then as well, so we'd have to work around that. So. Okay. Um, uh, well, how did you get into music with your brother? Is yeah. he older? Yeah, he's older than me, two years older. Yeah, um... So did he like make you play the drums? No, I was singing and and um, programming a drum machine in our first group. Oh wow! Yeah, and um, that's the first thing you played was drum programming. Drum programming, yeah, and then uh, then I switched to bass. That's much different than when I was a boy. Yeah, <laughs> times have changed. Yeah, yeah. I, c I couldn't play anything until the bass player left. And then you went to bass. Yeah. Well, we, believe me, I think programming a drum machine is an art in itself. I can't do it too well. I, I've, I've started doing it again recently, and it's 
after 10 years, or no, more than 10 years, and it's really doing my head in. <laughs> um, but we're going we're gonna to look for a drummer soon anyway. So. Okay, okay. Um, so now uh, you got this batch of songs, you get a band together, and you do the, yeah. f- the first gig, what, like 98 or something? Uh, that was uh, June 99. Mm. 99. And, yeah. you, and you come up with this name now? Yeah, that that had been I that I'd had that name for a year before, um, so yeah, we did the gig. It was pretty good actually. I think it's the only gig I don't have a recording of, so I can't be sure, but I like to think it was all right. I mean, of all your gigs, you have recordings of all of them except one. Yes. Damn. Yeah. Yeah. That's happened. <laughs> I don't have hardly any of yeah. <laughs> yeah. Especially them early ones, but maybe that's kind of good. <laughs> oh yeah, it's, it's funny. It's so funny to listen to them, and I a lot of them imagine. are really different anyway, with different members and. Like, yeah, I was going to get to that because that first version, the one that you first put together, how long does that last? Which one? The, this the first, first one. Yeah. Um. Um. About not not a year. I think the bass player left. Um, he didn't really want to do music. He was just helping me out. He can play, but um, he didn't really want to. Do it. I'd say about a year. A year or two. Yeah, but then people didn't so much as leave as join, and the band just got bigger until there was ah. seven or eight of us. And what were you playing at this time? Since you played everything I for think, the I songs, think. what'd you do live? Live, I played the. Uh, Guitar and sometimes bass. Ah, so you uh, switch we, off. We've always changed around a lot. Okay. Um. Yeah. Now, did you release those songs as a record? No. No, that our first album came out in 2006. Although there were some songs on that album that we'd been playing since the beginning. Okay. Or near the beginning, anyway. Does anybody in the current band go back to them days? No. Okay. No, the oldest member goes well back probably you huh? you probably go back to them days <laughs> yeah maybe <laughs> the 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 oldest member is um Angela who's played since 2004 um although Barry who plays synth with us has been around since the beginning and has kind of jammed with us and what like in and out yeah and not in and out just one off jams or he he He's always done the website and the kind of that kind of thing. Um, but then after a, after some time, he said, I think I should join now. And I said, yeah, I think you should. <laughs> sort of like in the old days, like a roadie mm. joining the yeah. band. Now an it's your website, roadie. man. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, the bass player leaves and... Uh, that's the first member change. Would you say that there's like several incarnations, not just members in and out, but like whole different uh, band manifestations? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd say there's one, two, three, four. There's four of them. Four, yeah. And... Um, 
first two, three, were the, the only stable members were me and the drummer. But he left um, over a year ago. Okay, but he was with you a while then. Yeah, yeah, long time. Okay, um, my case, you know, when I got a, a new uh, group of tunes, I just called it another band. But yeah. were you using the same songs, and that's kind of why you, you kept calling it now, even though the different... Or yeah. it's because it you're the meister. Yeah, I'd, I've never been very good with names, band names. <laughs> so, uh, so it's laziness, but it's also... Before I got the group together, I'd always had an idea of um, uh, starting a group that would wouldn't um, be one thing, um, either musically or members. So, like, if we do a gig, it, it might be songs, or it might be improvised, free improvisation, or it might be instrumentals or disco tunes or something, I don't know. So not so tight around a concept, more like a collective. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Yeah. Well, you know, some uh, people have an idea of a band being such an image. Yes. You know what I mean? And maybe uh, you're a little more pure about it being a musical thing. Yeah. Although I would, I would like a band, but, you know, people have got other things to do, so can't... Uh, were you do just doing uh, these pads, uh, the pubs, or did you ever take it on tour? Um, we did a small tour, like um, around England, in two thousand or two thousand and one, with this club called Cosmish, um, which is like a kind of kraut rock, celebrates the music of Germany in the seventies. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, you guys toured together. So, yeah, toured with that club. Um, and we, we've we done a few dates in um, Oslo, Norway. We go back there every year and do some things there. Why, there's a, a scene there? Yeah. Kind of hooked brilliant up in. music. Okay. Really good music there. I played there a couple of times, but... I was just there too little to learn anything. Right, to get involved, yeah. Yeah, which is a shame. Yeah, and really nice people, good friends over there. Um, when you write the songs, what do you use, the guitar? Um, no, it would change with a, with a, with a track. Sometimes I'll play um, some drums uh, more recently, I've been playing some drums and then putting stuff on afterwards with what I've got in my head while I'm playing the drums. Okay. Uh, and then uh, when you make a demo tape out of it and you show the other cats, sort of like what you did at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. Do that and then they learn parts or they put their own part on it. Or, oh, yeah. Um, although sometimes we do get together for group improvisations and then take some stuff as a, as a group and do that yes I like doing that more maybe but we don't really have the chance to do that so often so I just yeah what's I was wondering you know because I've been in London a few times and 
what's it like to practice there, man? <laughs> you know, I think of Manhattan, you know. Yeah. And I know the Sonics, they've shared a pad with like seven or eight other bands. You go into a big building where you hear 50 bands playing at once. There's some of that in downtown L.A. But I guess I'm just so uh, nuts and bolts about a band thing that I'm always thinking of that. How do these guys prack? Like in that town, getting around is such a nightmare. Yeah. Uh, getting your gear around. Because, right, but it's not really, I mean, we got a traffic problem, but damn, nothing like yeah. London. For sure. Well, we get around it by rehearsing at home. Oh. Not, not particularly loudly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm Especially the drummer. <laughs> well, at the moment, we don't, we don't have a, a drum kit. We might have, like, someone playing a snare drum and then someone else playing a cymbal. Okay. Um, and someone else playing a bass drum. But sometimes the snare or bass or bass drum might be electronic so we can you know alter the volume on it so it's not so much but um I'm moving in a week or two I'm going to get have a studio in the new house oh. so then I'm going to look for a drummer and do it with a bit more um, I don't know something spirit that was always a dilemma when we were young because we never lived in a house, so practicing with a drummer with me and D. Boom was really tough. Yeah, so we, yeah. We ended up. That's how we found drummers. If they had a shed, or, you know, I mean, yeah. so they had a or place a where, where they were practicing. Well, in SoCal, if you ain't got a car. It's okay. <laughs> this this oh, yeah. place. Although there have been a couple people. Only up till a few years ago, Pat Smear didn't drive. Believe it or not, there's a couple. But Petra don't drive, which is so bizarre to live in this town. Yeah. But, but yeah, the way we are, our transit is really weak, so you gotta have that. But the but the, the practice pad that was always the tough. Now I've had the same one now for 22 years. Oh, that's good. So yeah, wow. ever since uh, well, just when I was at the end of the Minutemen days. Before that, we would have to share with bands, but it was all, and then when we were boys, it was always the toughest part was yeah, the practice right. pad. Yeah, it's totally right. So I haven't had to worry about that in a long time. I'm really lucky, but I think about another band, especially towns like Manhattan and uh, yeah, London. How do these how do folks do it? Yeah, we every other place I've lived in, there's I've always had complaints. Um, but here's been the first place that's okay. Now, when you do the ga uh, the gigs, you got a set list of songs, or do you just call them out? Uh, we work out a set before, unless okay. it's um, unless it's an improvised gig. Yeah, I was going to say, is it parts of the gig like a jam? Because I know you got a album with uh, Damo Suzuki. Yeah. The singer, a second singer, can. Yeah. Now, how'd that happen? I mean, I have a lot of respect for that man. Oh, God, yeah, kind of great. Um, I met him through the Cosmish Club. and uh, That the, band you toured with? Yeah. And, um, when was that? 2002 or three. And um, the guy who'd put the gig on, I think he took... I think he told him where we lived. And he came round and we were practicing. 
Um, wow. Because I, I heard he don't tour. He tours by himself, and he just picks up people in towns and does the gig with them. Yeah, yeah, he does, yeah. I saw him do it with Omar in Australia. Okay. And it was great. Yeah? But, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and he, uh, you know, he's singing. So he... He like leads off the jams with the singing stuff, or he lets them get a groove going and then jumps in, and it was really happening. Yeah, it's unusual and and, um, and bold as well. I think that <laughs> balls out. Improvised singing is really hard. I think. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it was really it was a really neat gig. I've seen uh, Malcolm. Moody too, the first can singer. Oh yeah, he I played seen Silver Lake, Lake with this band, MX80 Sound. They were from kind of the seventies. Ah, uh, maybe I, maybe it was seven, eight, six or seven years ago. Right. And, and I've seen Demo a couple of times. So he comes by your practice pad, and like, hey, you, you want to play a gig? Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't like that. We just um, hung out for a bit. Had a cup of tea, and then he went off, and we stayed in touch by email. And uh, I can't remember if he phoned me or emailed me, um, and asked. He said he was coming to town. Do uh, now want to back him up? He said yes, please. Wow. Yeah. It was good fun. And, and, what, and what's it like? You know, do you guys talk about it beforehand, or you just go and do it? Well, we we always jam and improvise in our practice anyway, so we knew it was going to be quite natural for us. Um, we did, in practice, we did jam a few can tracks just in case he started, he wanted to do something. Um, um, yeah, he only, in, uh, at the gig though, he just sang a bit of Hallelujah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Which was all right, but I'd broken all the strings on my guitar, so I just had one string left. And I had to somehow roar on the guitar with one string, which was um, trying. Character builder. <laughs> they call them character builders. Yeah, 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 exactly. Uh, but, uh, yeah, we managed it. It was good. Oh, man. Now, that's that's available, right? As a... As a CD. Yeah, that came out last year on um, TRI Records on a CD. Well, it's kind of highlights of the gig. It's not the whole gig was two or three hours long. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's like when I was a boy and saw Emerson, Lake, and Palmer or something. <laughs> yeah. In fact, in those days, that was the best thing you could say about a gig. It was like, wow, it was three hours. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and the other thing was. It sounded just like the record. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> That's what you used to say when I was young, you know. Yeah. Nowadays, nobody would ever say that. No. Yeah, no, but no. for some reason, the whole idea of it sounded like the record. It probably was the record. <laughs> I, when we did the gig, none of the tracks were less than um, 15, 20 minutes. But, yeah. When you what mixed it, you kind of edited it up and stuff. Or yeah. took snippets. Yeah. Now you got a new, uh, so your first record didn't come out until maybe, 2006. Right, so seven, eight years after the band starts. Yeah. But then you started releasing things more recent, uh, regularly. Um, 
what now recently yeah like you've yeah, got a new thing coming right yeah there's going to be a new album on pickled egg um I don't know when soon I've got to stop faffing around with the mixing um and and an EP on discordance record. oh wow and different songs on both things yeah yeah okay the EP is going to be a, a really short 20 minute thing with maybe eight really short songs tiny little things and then the album will be more like longer now you said there was four major kind of manifestations of the band yeah uh which ones are the ones that made it to the record did the first one or um, by that time it was totally morphed that would be number three I guess number three yeah from 2004 to 2006 7 2006 yeah so you're the only cat left from the first two <laughs> last man yeah. standing <laughs> But, you know, playing with those other folks, it probably had a, a bearing on you. Do, you. do you see the band changing as you play with different people? Absolutely. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And if we play any older tracks now with people who weren't around when that track was first, you know, alive, um, it's really different. And um, I guess it brings, makes it fresh, for me anyway. You know, it, I... I don't, in the rehearsal, if we're going through it or a gig, I'm not going, oh, not this again. Yeah. Well, I think it's, that's kind of genuine, you know. It's it's different than, like, can you imagine Kiss when they had to bring in the new member and decide which makeup? <laughs> like, it was a huge crisis, you know. Like, he can't be a cat. We've already had a cat. Right, so yeah. I think they said, Maybe he should be a pigeon. <laughs> They settled on raccoon or badger or something. It's so ridiculous. But it's 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 not like that. The people don't come in to play this defined role. They come in and actually change. Yeah. The, the whole. So that might be such um, a violin player's left, but uh, banjo players come in or something like that. So the instrumentation would completely change. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, like recently we've become more electronic with machines and synthesizers but also more acoustic with mandolin and mandolin and bazooki and cello and stuff like this so we haven't had that before wow that combination mandolin bazooki and cello <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. and uh, guitar and synth and drums that that's the new that's the current lineup yeah and bass yeah. and bass and uh, but it, the people rotate amongst them instruments yeah there's there's um, three singers they mainly sing um, and play some synth percussion uh, Nicole she plays a guitar as well she's a pretty good guitar player yeah well um it's an interesting way to make a band, make, really make music. I don't think I'd have the nerve. Yeah, sometimes I don't know if I do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. To hold, to hold sway, but then be so loose. 
That, that's a great, a great quality. I, I love the the sound of the band. It's 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 trippy. You know, it, it's really got its own voice, even though it's gone through all these stages. And maybe because, yeah, you're the consistent thing. But get this CD and this EP coming out. Do you have plans forward to the and you get in the pad with the new practice uh, thing? Yeah. So, is there new plans in the works? Um, hopefully, going to play in Norway again in June. Um, more recording. There's so many tracks to have to to yet be recorded as well. You mean you write a lot more songs and the band can really handle yeah or have they have been able to handle up to the, yeah. the moment yeah, there's, there's a lot yeah wow what, uh, um, I'm curious about songwriting I mean I've been doing a little bit for a little while but um, what gets it going for you oh, oh I don't know um, like you were saying, you get on the drums, what, you get a lick? That's a trippy thing to write songs on. Yeah, I know. It's just a, a funny kind of experiment that I've been trying. Um, but it it will change. Um, I used to do it quite a lot through bass lines because I guess bass is my first instrument. Um, um, and uh, I suppose I'm all traditional song would be on the guitar strumming chords and that kind of thing do you um, do keyboard yeah uh, well more synthesizer like uh, monophonic analog ones yeah because it seems really like a double hand yeah it seems a traditional thing was to write songs on the piano right although I can't work it I, yeah. I, I do mine on bass too yeah oh okay yeah. Uh, but what I usually do is I start with a title yeah? That's unusual. <laughs> well, it gives me focus, you know, because otherwise the song just gets all meaningless and becomes just... Well, I, the problem I find from when I was um, more young was uh, you end up just doing licks, you know? It's like track housing. And I have to have meaning to the thing or it's... It's, it's kind of ridiculous. Right. It's not like when you're young and you're just, or younger and you're just finding out about it, and so everything is like uh, insightful and stuff. Now it, it yeah, it's, it's so I, it's it's a difficult thing for me sometimes. I really have to have something that's almost non-musical to drive the song home. And then, if you have a title, does it, does that mean you would write words first, or the title would make you think of a kind of sound yeah the title comes first then the music then the words okay. usually but see the music and the words now serve the title I use the title to bring the focus sometimes it's just an instrumental but everything and uh, this is for me because a lot of people never hook up kind of the title with the music or the words but in my mind it does it nails on the ground um, so I'm interested in other songwriters and how they do this stuff it, mm. it always amazes me some people when they're just starting out or some people have been doing it for years I'm just always curious about how the fuck it can happen for them 
I guess it depends. Some some people start out and they can play a guitar or piano that like double hand um, really well. So coming up with chords or arrangement is more natural, perhaps. But because I didn't have any, I didn't grow up learning anything, learning an instrument. Um, I knew arrangements because I did the drum machine programming, so I knew about arrangements and um, lengths, you know, okay, this is long enough or this is too long or, or too short or whatever. But um, I didn't grow up playing anything, an uh, instrument. What about uh, the subject matter? Gosh. <laughs> For some people it's a really important thing for me it don't matter so much because a lot of times you can't tell what it's about anyway yeah. I mean, you listen to a Rocky Erickson song what's he singing about you know? right. but I still like it <laughs> you know what I mean music is a trippy thing I don't think you really have to understand it to like it definitely not no no. You know, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, right. it's bad. Then you jump. Maybe uh, a righteous thing about it can be to just keep guessing at it. I mean, Stooges songs were like that for me. I never knew what the fuck they were about. <laughs> you know, I, well, I couldn't really tell what he was singing anyway. Right. And even musically, sometimes it seemed like they were doing the same thing every song. Uh, Actually, it wasn't, but that, that's what I was hearing. But it put a feeling in me that was like, whoa, I'm, I'm into this. Yeah. So I think some things are explained or made too obvious. And what doesn't attract me to, you know, I, uh, so when I ask you about subject matter, it's not like it should have something like that, you know. Yeah. Well, some of it does, but uh, it would probably just mean something to me. So you're not really trying to communicate things to other people? Not really. I mean, that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm, not, um, I'm not really bothered with a, a, a message as such. Although the, I think there is in there, but... Um, that's for someone else to think about. <laughs> listener. The mm. listener, right? Yeah. Um, okay, man. Um, I want to thank you for uh, talking to me here about, oh. about the band. I'm, Shots of silver
Okay, started that uh, big now segment up with the interview with Justin Patton, the main uh, now meister. Then Water, which was one of his first things. I think it was him on everything on that. And then uh, the Zero Game, which was uh, now and Demo Suzuki, the second singer of Can. I think they made a record out of that. Talia just came. Hey, hi, Talia. Um, so uh, we got a full... Peak was supposed to come, too, huh? But we got a full house, and everybody brought music, so... Uh, Yay! Uh, we had an interesting thing. Uh, I saw Brother Matt earlier. It's it's uh, 2.20 in the afternoon now, but in the morning, I saw Brother Matt. We went paddling. It was an adventure. We went paddling, and uh, he we got... Okay, last week was first time. And uh, about halfway to the Angels Gate. This time we went all the way to the Angels Gate. Well, I kept going, but Brother Matt turned around and waited for me. This time he went all the way. We got out the gate. We were out in the ocean. Brother Matt is very impressed by the the calmness. Yeah, got got lulled by the beauty, and had the paddle resting on his legs, not in his hands. Yeah, because I got a picture. I took yeah, a picture of him right finish. moments before it happened. So you can break it down and analyze it. Yeah, but I didn't take him on him in the drink. And then it, it just rolled over, right? What, how yeah, it went real easy. <laughs> <laughs> and we were too. We were just outside the Angel's Gate, and so the breakwater was right there. So bro, uh, Brother Matt went and swam and brought the kayak to the rocks. And then a small Coast Guard boat was there, and three Coast Guard cats. were cruising by Right, and they uh, minimal inconvenience for yeah, but you said it was. <laughs> I went and paddled back through the gate and back to Cabrillo, but he said it was real tough. Hey, one thing about the radio, you, you can't be doing shit like that. Um, he said it was hard getting in the boat, right? Yeah, it's just like a show his arm. Look at that. Scrapes, because he had to get up. The ladder didn't go far enough down, right? Sitting on the Barnabee rocks. (laughs) (laughs) That's right, because he was up on the rocks. Yeah, yeah. Gotta get back on the horse if you get thrown, right?
Alright, some more tobacco. That was hair candy. We reached the end of the first hour of the February 2nd, 2008 Watt from Pedro show. Hold tight for hour two. February 2nd, 2008, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro show. Boat by Tobacco.
my true love's hand His face so soft and wondrous pale สักขีพยา
มื่อวันที่หกตุลาคมคลื่นลมทมสัตย์แพรแปลกลางเหล่าสมุนคุณจนผู้ผ่าเด็ดกานเข็นข้าลูกหลานหนุ่มสาวสายเลือดชาวไทยตนมาขามน้ำตาไหลเจ็บจำไว้ไม่เคยลืมผ่านมาแล้วหลายวันหลายปีหลายเดือนริ้วรอยคอยเดือนอนุสติคนไทยยี่สิบห้าปีสิบสี่ตุลาเพื่อนเอ๋ยเรามาคานรับเอาไว้ประกาศกองฟ้าสิทธิประชาธิปไตยเป็นของขวัญให้พี่น้องของชาวประชาJoined us here, and she brought a song. We just heard a, a contemporary Thai folk song, but due to the sh- shortcomings of iTunes, they wouldn't give you the Thai. Yeah, the, the, there's no uh, Thai language. That, uh, I'm sure you can. I, I could figure it out at some point, but I just did, I couldn't this morning uh, with the Thai fonts in the in the iTunes. Here, test that, My, Bob Lee. Use your battleship voice. Hey, how you doing, everybody? Yeah, it's working. You're just being all tiny. <laughs> so the iTunes wouldn't give you the tie right, and right. for you to. And I, I didn't have time to research, but um, I, I, um, I think the song from from the lyrics is a 25th anniversary of a. It's about. Rock, a, about the uh, 25th anniversary of a, a massacre that happened in 1972, 1973, and 1976. In October, um, this is where a lot of um, 
a race scare was going on, and uh, um, there was there was a, an, a standoff in a university where, at the end, a bunch of university students were were dragged out of the college and hung at the at at the on on the trees and lynched. Uh, lynched, yeah. By who? Soldiers. By by pro, well, anti-communist. Supposedly, they. Oh, like, like vigilante. Really, yeah, like yeah. a really confusing time. Um, there's a lot of mob thing going on, and um, for some reason, um, this particular event is not much remembered, other than this band who's doing songs about it. And every every October, they would play somewhere to remind people, like, hey, um, you know, remember, like, few hundred lives were lost then. <laughs> Yeah, and the yeah. band's called Caravan. Yeah, and why why not Thai? Why is it in English? Um, I I am not sure. Um, there's a whole history behind this band that uh, I'm not really clear. Are about. they from them days? Is it an old band? Yeah, it's, a, it's uh, the band themselves were um, uh, activists. Um, they were actually there was they were part of. The socialist movement themselves, and they were in, living in exile for a while after that period of time when there was a lot of unrest, and they came back, and all they were focusing on is to write music and tell stories, um, and they swear that they weren't political anymore, and they're just doing it for um, um, just remembrance of the event. Um, sadly, these days they're considered obsolete, and uh, the style of music and the the content. Of the songs is no longer hip. Yeah. So. Do they still do gigs? Uh, just just for symbolic, you know. Symbolic gig. Symbolic gigs. Uh, Does that mean you really play? Not really. I mean, they themselves. <laughs> you I just became, show up. <laughs> yeah, I became friend with the the leader of the band, and who really gave up on the Thai culture in general because nobody is listening, nobody cares. But he still they, lives there. Yeah. So. Just doesn't get out and play. It's uh, too bad. Not, not, not as a band. I don't think the band is together yeah. anymore. Okay, and before that, we heard... Uh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we uh, uh, tell you picked the song before that. Black is the Color of My Two Loves Hair by Nina Simone, mm-hmm. one of my favorite singers. Me too. Why'd you pick that one, Talia? <clears throat> I, I just love that song. I think it's a beautiful song. That's good enough. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm into it. And before that, we had one Tiffany pick called uh, New Eyes for a New World by a Tremolo. Right. Um, okay. You want to know why I picked that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I picked that because I love the lyrics and um, I love the idea of love being... Shaken in a snow globe to go all over the world, and I can visualize that. And I like, I like the idea. Cool. And before that, we had uh, Captain America by Moist Boys. Bob Lee, you picked that, and you have. Uh, well, you're going to be part of the, this unit a week from Tuesday, right? Yeah, indeed. Tuesday, February 12th at the Troubadour. Um, they're doing a show under the name of the Moist Boys West. Um, Moist Boys was started about 16 years ago by uh, Mickey Melchiondo from Ween, guitar player, and uh, my friend Guy Heller as the singer. 
and the two Lambertville, uh, New Hope. Yeah, that's right across the river. And um, they were working. Bob Lee's on from uh, Lambertville, New Jersey, by the way. Mm-hmm. Moved out here in '88, just after Ween had gotten started, was starting to do local shows and put out a couple of cassette releases. And, they were doing uh, gigs in the bedroom, right? Yep. These cats had gigs in their bedroom. <laughs> yeah, I had met Mickey when he was about 15 years old. I was 17 and uh, just starting to get into the hardcore thing. And I was very impressed when I met him because at the age of 15, he had a fanzine. He had a radio show on the WTSR, the local college station, and he had a band. And wow. through the band, he was able to, or through the radio show, he was able to promote the band. And through his fanzine, he was able to like write reviews of his own bedroom gigs. And <laughs> it was just kind of an interesting glimpse. So you wanted to play with him? Potential for you know, I used to see him around. I never did play with him uh, for whatever reason. Um, they at that time were doing everything themselves he played all the instruments on the tapes and they would when they played shows they would just set up with tapes and he would play guitar and Aaron would sing along with the tapes Whoa. and that was just how they did it it wasn't until about maybe their third or fourth album that I saw them with a, a band backing them up now uh, this Moist Boys how'd you get involved um, well, Guy Heller, the singer, was in my first band with me back in 1985, 86. Um, so your first band's in 86 and you come out here in 88? Yeah. You only gave Lambertville a couple years, <laughs> right? Because Bob Lee comes out here and gets the recycler and finds an ad for Crawl Space. That's right. He, he joins a recycler band. Just comes out here, no, no prospects, you know. Balls out. <laughs> <laughs> Church bells. In fact, I just did can you some believe that? Because I've been through Lambertville. I caught we conked there. Yeah, it's it's not that big of a town. I mean, there's towns nearby and stuff, but to go that's bold. Yeah. It was uh, it was a lot to do, but you know, it seemed to work out. And so you had a it's band with Guy. How it's coming full circle because I'm playing with Guy. Yeah, and right. Then, and then I just did some recordings with Crawl Space last weekend. Oh, really? I'm going to start maybe doing some more. And Crawl Space was kind of a jam. Well, not like a Grateful Dead jam band, but they- they're back to doing songs now. Oh, really? They're writing almost uh, Velvet Underground like '60s pounding songs again. When you joined, though, right, it was uh, improvised. And Actually, when I joined, it was kind of Stooges-like. It was sort of uh, gnarly, super distorted, kind of, uh, I don't know, amphetamine reptile-sounding band. You could have said it a couple of years later. Um, just sort of scuzz rock or whatever, killdozer. And yeah. Well, I saw them, and they were doing big, long space jams. And then, yeah, it was space jams after that. <laughs> And uh, one life that is went on for a long time. Many gigs. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. You probably saw the Sonic Youth show. Yeah, was, yeah. But I, they they would play around. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, one of the cats used to come to Pedro. Joe Dean. Joe Dean. He's from Pedro. He was from Pedro, right? He was in a, in fact some bands around here. He used, you know, and he's still in it today. That's I played with him and Eddie Flowers, the original singer. Wow. Well, so it's the full circle with that. Yeah, it's been interesting. 
You're circling the wagons. Interesting spring. The uh, drummer, the uh, guitar player from Fearless Leader was about to come out here and uh, bring his multi-track recorder a couple of weeks ago. Sarge? Alan Clark. Oh, wow. Oh. But isn't Sarge the main? And Sarge is the main guy. Yeah, you know? the main. But we've been, you know, the band doesn't really exist anymore with everyone living in parts of the country, and Alan just called me up and was like, well, we're making a record, so be ready. Stooges, we don't live in the same town. Right. <laughs> can do it how, how many gigs are you doing with my spice just two right now okay uh, one at the troubadour on february 12th and then at velvet jones in santa barbara on wednesday the 13th and what they do they give you the, the cd and they said learn these yeah yeah i got a got the set from guy i've been and uh are you gonna practice we are they're getting out here a couple of days early and i've been practicing too with nick oliveri who's going to be playing bass um Mickey Melchiondo is not going to be playing guitar on these gigs. It's going to be Guy with um, his Texas lineup, which is Jeff Pincus from Butthole Surfers. Yeah. And, uh, Another bass player. A guy named Stephen Haas. So you're having two basses. And then, well, I think Pincus is playing guitar. Really? Yeah. Traitor. <laughs> he's a great bass player. Yeah, he is. And he's got bands like Honky and Daddy Longhead. Or- yeah, I think Honky still is still going. I don't know about Daddy Longhead. Okay. Honky definitely still plays. I'm a big Jeff Pincus fan. Yeah, I really like the way guy. he plays. Looking forward to playing with him and Nick Oliveri. Right bass. from Queens, Queens and Caius and Mondo. And Caius and Mato Hoople. Mondo Generator. <laughs> yeah, that's the one he has now, right? Yeah, yeah. We may do a couple of Mondo songs, time permitting. Oh man, but I'm excited to do it. It's my first uh, chance to play with Guy in 22 years. Damn. We made our debut at South Hunterdon Regional High School in March of 1986. What was that? Talent, Talent show? Talent show, Cabaret. Wow. Cabaret? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what tunes did you do? Bad by U2. Ooh. <laughs> bad. Sorry. Bad? Yeah. It was... I thought you meant badge by Cream. Uh, could have been better. <laughs> we were the other band uh, I played in. Did you guys year. win? Did, uh, yeah. Well, it wasn't a competition. But I have to say, the other band I played in that year with uh, some other students did uh, Summer of 69. and uh, Ooh, Headley? Uh, oh, no. Brian Apps. Oh, no. Brian Apps. And uh, <laughs> Sorry. You May Be Right. <laughs> Pretty fucked up. With that kind of shit. And You May Be Right. Who's that? Billy Joel. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. This was yeah, 1986, people, what can I say? You know, we played this gig last but, uh, night <laughs> here in Pedro. Uh-huh. And... The Pinhead Gunpowder? Mm-hmm. You know about this band? No, no. Okay, they're a, they've been around 17 years, and they've done 17 gigs or something. And the singer Green Day is in this band. Mm-hmm. And the people at La Conga at the door was telling everybody it was Billy Joel. Because <laughs> 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 his name's Billy Joe. Just an L. Just off my <laughs> Same thing. Was he in a Berkeley state of mind? Yeah. <laughs> Tony was into that first Billy Joel album. God, he used to play that. I mean, this was in the 70s. Piano Man? That's all I really know. He's just he playing piano. He likes the angry young man. <laughs> yeah. Goes on and on and on. A lot of words in those. Songs. A lot of words. In that. <laughs> there's one thing you can say for Billy Joel. There's a lot of words in those. But that songs. wasn't his favorite song. That was the name of the album. But Tony's favorite song was Captain Jack. Oh yeah, which it now had the word is masturbate in it. It's a minor titillation at a certain age, I guess. 
really? Well, now it's a slogan. It's a marketing thing, right? For rum. Morgan, you say Captain Jack now, right? No, it's Captain Morgan. It's Captain Morgan. You got a little captain in you? (laughs) Right, with with the mustaches with the lipstick. Yeah, yeah. Of course, you know. With guys, right? If you want a guy to get guys to drink, you say you got to throw some woman thing. Either a, a mirage hallucination you off the car. Him over the table and ask him if they yeah, want a little captain. <laughs> <laughs> or like phony mustaches with lips. Yeah. yeah, it's the worst. Can you imagine these cats in, sitting in the room uh, thinking this stuff up? Can you imagine? Yeah, brah. <laughs> it's like the Spuds McKenzie, right? For yeah, Miller yeah. Light. Can you imagine? Brain shots. Okay, so uh, we haven't had a spin cycle in a while, brother Matt, and so we're going to have a special one here because Bob Lee's going to join along on percussion. Indeed. Uh, Talia, what are you going to do? I don't know. Saying? Maybe. Depending. Right. Everybody can join you. Right. Are you going to jam? Yeah, yeah. Are you going to start? Tiff, what are you not going to do? I don't know what. You're not going to yammer. That's what you're. All right, let's bring it on. My honor and pleasure to bring Brother Matt, the spin cycle, and a cast of whole crew. All right. Do it.
Right there was the jam, the Brother Mad Spin Cycle. Thank you for uh, supplying the grooves for us to all cool. come Thanks on. For Although, you were playing very in- interesting instrument, Pete. <laughs> I was snoring. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you had a good dream. <laughs> Speaking of snoring, Talia did DJ. What, what DJ name did you settle on? Italian. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> you like that one? Yeah. <laughs> it works. There's a Mexican singer, right? Yeah, Talia. that's yeah. why. That's yeah. why I thought changing it. And uh, it was at Mountain Bar, and, and for support, we came up and uh, was there, and it was late, not late, maybe, nine o'clock started. And uh, I was about an hour into it, and I called. <laughs> I woke up, <laughs> Pink was there talking right in my face. <laughs> so, were you talking to me a long time? Did you know I was conked? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was talking to your head, but I was actually talking to you. Well, I was up you. against a bulkhead. It was that chair thing. Well, you rolled out those things to put your legs on. I knew that was not a good idea because <laughs> they were out like that. So my head was up against the thing and I just... And it's like a thing for women to make yeah. music? Yeah, all female DJs. Female DJs. And there was a female punk band. Yeah, right. They wanted me to come see them play and it was gone. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was Kid Kevin. Uh, he was at the gig last night and he told me about mm. that trying to he said he was shaking me and shit, and I would not wake up. No. So I was. That's why he told me, as they went and they He's played lying. like six or seven songs, right? And nobody shook you. No, I kicked you. You Who kicked me. Yeah. They were called No Ma'am. I think they were Pedro people, right? Or Orange County yeah, people the, who moved to Pedro. I guess. Yeah. I know them as Pedro band. They're really good. Anna, Angela. They're super cute. I mean, they're super super cute. No, ma'am. The shirt already is designed. You already got the shirt? You got an idea? And, and the guitarist <laughs> and the drummer, they switch off, which is pretty cool. Gabby was the drummer. Oh, oh yeah. wow. Do you remember her? You know, I never met her, but I know about her. Well, they were having gigs on 13th and Pacific, mm-hmm. and they all lived in that house, and some drunk driver was on the freeway the wrong way and killed her. It's terrible. And him and all the people in the car, it was... Horrible thing. About a year ago, I think um, she was twenty-two or something. Yeah, I really am. Okay, we're at the end of the second hour of the February second, two thousand eight. Watch from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour three. February second, two thousand eight. It's the third hour of the Watch from Pedro Show, and here's part three of Jack Flanders in Dreams of India. I always thought of naturally formed caves with, with the wise gurus sitting in the mouth. I never thought they, they actually carved out their own. Ah, here I am, sitting in the mouth of a cave, looking down at the valley. The sun is setting. The shadows are moving in. Amazing country. In Rishikesh on the Ganges, they're ringing the temple bells to, to put the gods back to sleep again. In the morning, they'll ring the bells to wake the gods up to hear their prayers. 
sleep is like dying. Sleep and dreams are like death. Every night we die. And waking is our birth. Who said that? I did. could spend the rest of my life just sitting here. Not really, but it's a thought. Maybe the next life. Still, it is like I've returned home. Well, she's very strong-minded. Oh, great. You don't like strong women? It seems that's all I ever meet. I don't know how to take that. Oh, I do find that they're the most interesting. We are. Mm-hmm. So why does she need my help? Well, actually, I, I only know a little. When she was young, she was fascinated by everything that came from the West. My great desire... My my fantasy was to go to London. She wanted to get out into the world. India meant so many restrictions. The West meant freedom. Oh, I see. If I stayed here, I would have been married at the age of 12. She was engaged to be married to an older man. Very, very old. Oh, an arranged marriage. Of course. It was unthinkable to go against my parents' wishes. E- except she did think it. Mm-hmm. But she found that there was no one to confide in. Except in her own dreams. It came to me in the night. In my dreams. It laughed. It was amused. And it said, I will take care of you. Take care of her? It said it would help. And it did. I did not have to do anything. Circumstances happened. And I was free. What happened? I don't know exactly, but the marriage was called off. And who is it? It is is what I suppose you would call her imagination. What would you call it? Jack, in this country, we know about the power of the imagination to conjure, to make real. So? So So who is it? Come I'd like to know what I'm stepping into. I don't know. She has warned me to stay away from you. Stay away from what? Jack, 
I don't know. Oh, why do I have this feeling you do know? They say truth in her dress finds facts too tight. In fiction, she moves with ease. Truth in her dress finds facts too tight. What is that, Charlie Chan? No, <laughs> Tagore. You know that sari you're wearing this evening, the way it's draped on you. Stunning. I think we should be getting back. What does it feel like wearing a sari? Like fiction. In fiction, she moves with ease. Uh huh. <laughs> India is filled with sadhus and saints and gurus and and fakirs and everything you could ever ask for. Now, why does your aunt need me? Because she met you. You gave her your card, and you offered to help. I never saw that card before. Now, where did we meet? When did this happen? She told me it was in the fifties. The fifties in New York? What, the East fifties? The West fifties? No, Jack. In the nineteen fifties. What? Uh, I know it must sound strange. Now, wait, to you. wait a minute. Forty years ago, I gave her this card. When I was what? What? Just a boy? But printed on the card is is where I live now. It's interesting. Isn't it? Yeah. This country certainly has a lot of crows. Good morning, crows. Oh. Good morning. Uh, namaste. Who is this? Jack, it's Kamla. <laughs> I know. <laughs> is that the uh, Tagore of the dead? <laughs> so, will you meet me for breakfast? Uh, down in the dining room? No. It's too early in the day to face all those tourists stuffing food in their faces. You're not hungry, Jack? No, I'm starved. But I'll tell you what, Miss Kamla. We'll have breakfast in my suite. Okay? Hello. Oh, Miss Kamla. Mr. Flanders, it wouldn't be proper. Look, I'll wear a white suit a- and an ascot. I have a wonderful view of the street. We can throw croissants down to the crows. Hello. White suit and ascot, you say? Yeah. If you're not properly attired, look, I'll be properly attired. In a white suit and ascot. Oh, I have... no. I... No, then I'm going downstairs to the dining room. No, wait, 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 wait. I will be. Properly attired. White suit and ascot? Yes. Alright. Half an hour. Fine. Oh, I have another to go for you. Uh, okay, shoot. I have lost my dewdrop, cries the flower, to the morning sky that's lost all its stars. Run that by me again. I have lost my dewdrop, cries the flower, to the morning sky that's lost all its stars. It's very nice. Oh, <laughs> 
It's a nice try, you must admit. Mm, you smell like roses. Mm, I see breakfast has arrived. Yes, we have a window seat. We have the call of the crows, the scent of the sea. Croissant? Please. So, this morning, on to Bangalore and then... And then a long, dusty drive to Mysore. Does it ever rain in this country? My God, you should be here during the monsoons. Then it rains all the time. Well, when are the monsoons? During the winter months, they travel around the country. Ugh, it's going to be just terrible. Hmm. Well, how's the food in the south? Well, the food is really quite different. They like to use lots of chili. The food is very, very hot there. Oh, I like hot food. You better watch yourself or your tongue will catch on fire. <laughs> should I bring a fire extinguisher? No, no, that's not necessary. There's always the yogurt. What? If your tongue catches on fire, you can always dip your tongue into a bowl of yogurt. Oh, I'll remember that. A coffee? No, no. Tea, please. All right. Of course. Pamela, tell me about your aunt. I'd like to make sure I'm ready for her. Why? You don't appear to be easily dominated by strong women. Oh, not dominated, but intimidated. Mm, my aunt is very good at intimidation. Who or, or what is the it you spoke about last night? Her visitor? Well, it... Yes? It, I think it's best if she tell you. Come on. I don't really know the details. Please. Well, all I can tell you is this. When she was young, she, she was desperate to escape the confines of her arranged marriage, to escape India, to escape and see the world. So she made a pact with... With it. Jack, I honestly don't know who it is. It may just be her imagination. But you don't believe it is her imagination, do you? No, I don't. Hmm. You'll like the South. The pace is much slower than in Delhi or Bombay. It's very, uh, how would you say, laid back. Mm. It's a beautiful country. So your aunt lives in Mysore? No, no, actually farther still in a small village. I see. She has a villa on a hill outside the village. It's very nice. You didn't go to New York just to find me, did you? No, I was looking for a publisher. For a book? Yes. That you wrote? That I'm writing. What's it about? My aunt. How much have you written? Mm, most of it. Can I see the manuscript? No, I haven't shown it to anyone yet. Well, it's about time, don't you think? Uh, Jack, I've never written a novel before. Oh, neither have I. Is it here, in, in your briefcase? Uh, Is it? Kamala. Okay, Jack.
sand Endless nights Sweet wine and soft Relaxing lights
We just heard Walls Come Tumbling Down by the Style Council. <laughs> Tiff, you picked that, right? Yes. I, I picked it because... Um, I didn't I, ask you why. Okay. <laughs> 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 Good, because I don't want to have to come up with something. <laughs> <laughs> you said it was about the election, right? No, but I'm, it's not like about the election, but it, it's just a political kind of song, and, and I just... Where did um, I hear that? No, I did. I like the style, Council. I'm glad right. you played that one. 
And then before that, when Chaya picked Pata, the El Daud by Alice Coltrane. Mm-hmm. Yes. My answer for it. Um, again, just another artist that I love and, right. and inspired by. She's great. She passed away last year. Mm-hmm. I never got to see her live. I wish I had. She's intense. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Lots of flutter. She's on the last uh, few Coltrane albums. Oh, really? McCoy left. Yeah, okay. like live in Japan. Uh, then we had um, Rivendale by Rush. Peak, you picked that because your peak favorite band is Rush, right? Well, you should think, tell the story of that. What, what was why? it about? Well, in fact, what I brought today that I can only get used to to play uh, is the songs that actually changed my life, or the band that changed my life. And uh, Rush was what that that song I picked was the. A slow song, and and by by then I wasn't really um, I I wasn't good at English, and I was lost and everything, <laughs> shifting culture. I was 15, and uh, I found this band, and I loved the music, and I started learning English, basically by reading their lyrics, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And yeah, so that, you got that's a, a rather advanced vocabulary. Yeah, you know, <laughs> dying rand or yeah, well, you know, I, I get fascinated with this, uh, the reason why how how the songs came about also, and I got a little bit into Anne Rand, <laughs> yeah, right? The drummer writes the words, right? Yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and so the rest is history. <laughs> Who was not the original member, right? They had another drummer. That's right. true. The first album. Bob Lee knows about Rush. Yeah. <laughs> you were the one that brought it up. <laughs> All right. Get the rope. And Waiting Room by Fugazi. Followed up uh, Jack Flanders, part three, Dreams of India. Hope that was an appropriately underground uh, selection there. Yeah. <laughs> Dale Basio. Not Dale Bosio. Terry, Terry, Terry Bosio. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he had the whole thing charted out in a little book. He had his drumstick, he's flipping the pages. Mm-hmm. He had about 30 cymbals, <laughs> 25 toms, more than Neil Peart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was, uh, I, I was uh, following Virgil Donati for a minute. Couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah, that's another one. <laughs> or Alex Klein. <laughs> Alex Klein had to do a double dum- drum um, on one of the tracks. He he had a, a lot of drums and cymbals. So like oh, when yeah. he was living in his ma's in mm-hmm. the back of the pad, he uh, had you know he, right. This is the drum room. You don't have to move them. So it just yeah. grew and grew. I mean, he had incredible. Yeah, the Buddhist. I guess he had a gig. <laughs> Kit, but then there was the home kit, which was this yeah. th- filled up the whole thing. It was massive. Well, the guy that blows my mind is Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater has um, what looks to be the entire guitar center drum section <laughs> <laughs> with about three different stools and different kick drum pedals Shit. and snare drums between each one and different tom conf- and cymbal configurations. You know what? I bet and as the gig got, goes on. There's more stools. <laughs> <laughs> and then when you go, to, I actually went to YouTube and found some solos, figuring like maybe I'd actually see some Carl Palmer type yeah. acrobat oh, shit, Palmer. you know. One ton. Or, no, or, or yanking the, the ship bell by the rope with the mouth. 
And the guy's <laughs> Why just a, doing <laughs> And the guy's just a blockhead. It's like worse than Tommy Lee solos. Whoa. It's kind of bad. Or, uh, <laughs> who's the, the cougar guy? Aronoff. Aronoff. Kenny Aronoff. <laughs> <laughs> or uh, the Springsteen. Why Weinberg? I think Weinberg's pretty good. <laughs> That's like those songs are like Spectre songs. That's what you need. That one. You need Tommy. Wall. You need Tommy Ramone. Yeah, yeah. That's my <laughs> thing. Speaking of Alex Klein, Nels Klein, we all got to say prayers for him because yeah, he's dude. really hurt and he's got to get better. This pain has been growing in his, I guess, started in his neck. From whipping his head around at gigs over yeah, the years, four years yeah. and then coming down through his shoulder into his arm, into his wrist, into his hand, uh, numbness mm-hmm. can't use the baby finger. Uh, we weren't allowed, uh, able to do the Black Gang record this weekend, and we're going to have to wait for the first week of April now. But uh, he's still going to try to do some. He just did a bunch of recording, right? You peak, you were yeah, at those. Last week. Some uh, commission for an artist? Yeah, um, a poet basically uh, licensed a, a, a bunch, 33 paintings from Ed Roche uh, Foundation. Ed Roche, yeah, right. 33, and, and there's a music for each painting. Yeah, he commissioned those clients who write music for each piece. And, and 30 of them are like little, right? And then some yeah. epics. But, but yeah, the whole underlining theme of the story where poetry will lead you to is the this guy's commentary on the war in Iraq right, right. so it's quite it's quite interesting and it's amazing how this whole thing come together and I I, was, I got the chance to witness uh, parts of it and it's really really mind blowing stuff now you you can't though huh? and I can't <laughs> yeah. on the playback <laughs> yeah, you know, we, that's the best kind of support, right? When you come and support me, and you go there and you gawk. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm there if you need me. Just in a way, you're not up. getting in the way. In a way, it's just nice, hands off, brain off. <laughs> so, Nels told me he was hurting just trying to give the band gestures. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's conducting them. Good band, though, he said. Yeah, amazing. Incredible, incredible players. And uh, I know he's been... Uh, it's been weighing on him a long time. It had to get done this month. In fact, he's having these bonus mix. Is he done yet? Yeah, mastered yesterday. Yesterday, okay. Because he had these marathon mixers, mi- mixing sessions to get it done, right? Yeah. And... Um, I just wish him the best. I hope he heals up. I know he will. He, he, yesterday he started his therapies. Uh, yeah, this with the Doctor Mike, the crazy I, man, right? I, I don't know about. Yeah, that. he told me the whole story of this guy, and then uh, you know, he's also seen a chiropractor. Right, free right. up. He said that he's got blockages yeah. from this uh, weird way of playing, which I I know nothing about. It's the way he plays. Yeah, whipping his head around. Not the hands. It looks like he holds his hands correct. He's got the thumb behind the neck. Yeah. Stuff like that. So not tendonitis. It's well, it's all the effect on the floor and everything. Yeah. So he, he looks down constantly. So his neck is in bad pasture for years. Yeah, so bad I think pasture. That's, that's just kind of... 
Did I say it wrong? To me, he looks real tense. To yeah. me, when he plays, he looks so like not joyful. Very, no, he looks so tense. Like <sighs> no, because he's not just like la 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 like <laughs> like <you> know, him. <laughs> so like stiff. Maybe because maybe he just looks that way because he's so tall and skinny. <laughs> well, that's maybe it's thing. with the look on his face. Yeah, he's so yeah. Oh, <laughs> is that focus driven? <laughs> what? Just real. Like Marty Feldman. <laughs> Insert adjective here. <laughs> yeah, he gets into it. Yeah. He throws his whole body into it, and I guess he's going to have to learn different ways mm-hmm. to do it, which is a shame. But I think the body gets less tolerant of that kind of thing. And my health is back, which is great. I have no sickness. <laughs> Nothing in my lung. Yeah. So I'm all ready for this tour. It's going to be freezing. <laughs> it's going to be freezing. But I'm playing every day, so I won't have a lot of time to get self-absorbed about it. You done rehearsals before heading out? Actors rehearse. <laughs> 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 no, I've never played with these two guys, Kramer and Sam. Okay. Now, the drummer on the last three I've recorded with, but first 11, but it's an improvised kind of deal. They have a big improv... You know, I did an interview with the Japan Times a few days ago, and the writer told me there's a big improvisational scene over there. And what was trippy about it was the audiences, the age range from young people to people in their 60s, 70s, Go to gigs, from jazz uh, world and stuff. They bled over into the improv, and then mm. the young people from punk. So we'll see. I'll be I'll be writing diary. I'll tell you. Yeah, all right. <laughs> what, what's a character builder and what's a you know? It's it's a very scary thing, but it's a way I get to see their underground, their littler thing, and then if I make enough connects, I'll bring over my bands. You know. Black Gang. Listen, man. Second Man Jerry was at the gig last night. Speaking of Second Man. Oh, man. There was a lot of longshoremen there last night. <laughs> that was great. I mean, they're not as old as me, but they weren't the kids. And then there was the kids, so it was this mix of punkers and longshoremen. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> which was a trip. Now, these guys are like, that's how old punk is now. You can be a grown man in your 30s, late 30s, and come from hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's what these cats were. They weren't like middle-aged guys or anything. But And then the new, a new shift, these young kids. It's interesting, Pedro is getting its own scene. I guess it's had one, but it, it's... Uh, I kind of like the way nobody's in charge of it, too. Mm-hmm. There's hardly any hierarchy. Yeah, it's just... It's kind of like Pedro. Yeah, yeah. You know, the mayor's 25 miles away, right, downtown L.A. We're just autonomous. I think that's kind of healthy. Uh, but it was a trippy gig. <laughs> Lukonga upstairs. And, uh, it's a good spot. It's trippy. I would have never thought... I did a banging gig there five years ago, but I never thought that'd be a regular place to play. 
but it's interesting. Let's hear some more music. No, fuck it. I'm going to play one of these CDs. Lakanga's <laughs> so, uh, had one of the biggest collections of clown paintings in the world. Who does? The strippy Lakanga. Oh. Like those weird red skeleton clowns. <laughs> it's really kind of a trippy thing. Their uncle or somebody was, was this famous clown painter. Yeah, they used to be in each booth. These weird clowns looking at you. That's kind of scary. Yeah. Yeah. He was some clown. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the study shown. Yeah, what about clown pictures? Are they scary or what? Clowns are scary. The study shown that clowns are scary. This is scary to children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, here's a good song. It's called uh, Awake at the Wheel. And uh, this band is called Glory Tellers, but it's uh, Jeff from uh, Karate. He's got a new band, Jeff Farina. So here we go at the Pedro Show. Eleven in the air, seven on the lawn Three face down, just two breaths gone Didn't hear the shots, couldn't see the cops Just the turning of the locks Candles spit the rain, carnations mark the down Funeral I only read about Had my own wake to start Suicides by cigarettes and maker's mark Five were in the van, three thrown to the snow Paper said I saw the road The dried blood spanned its red on my shoe Now brown like any other filth or residue The mother tried to call With tears she dropped the phone Doesn't matter, Jody said I wasn't home Had my own eulogy to pound Three states away, awake at the wheel again Fumes, fake pine and paraffin Barbecue, greens and ham Lucky for the weeds, they don't breathe oxygen And they don't seem to mind the trash But what about the plan? What about the show? What about the van, St. Christopher in tow? What about the cross on the side of the road? Does it signify somebody I used to know? Barbecue greens and hash Lucky for the weeds They don't breathe oxygen And they don't seem to mind the trash But what about the plan? What about the show? What about the van St. Christopher in tow? What about the cross on the side of the road? Does it signify someone I used to know? Rust against the road Sparks and everything Tied it up with duct tape and bass string Probably gonna have to replace it Look at all the time we wasted Light end up the low Forgot about last night After all I gotta get on with my own damn plight No matter how we plan and pack up tight Something's gonna spill out on the highway
was third grade teacher with Flower Power. Bob Lee, you picked that. Yes, indeed. Thank you. We both played with that band, a local <laughs> band. Mm-hmm. Two of the members are having a baby. Yeah, indeed. Dave and Laura. Oh, Dave yeah. Laura. Cool. 
before that, we had Johnny Thunders uh, by a cat named Lil Beck. <laughs> you know, nothing to do with Jeff Beck, maybe. And we started with uh, Awake at the Wheel by Glory Tellers. Uh, I want to thank Bob Lee Good coming afternoon. aboard. Talia, coming aboard. Thank you for having me. Tiff, coming aboard. Thank you for having me. Pete, coming aboard. Brother Matt, for always being here for me. (laughs) Much respect. And uh, this has been the February 2nd, 2008 Watt from Pedro show. What way did the groundhog look? It was. He he didn't see it. Uh Uh-uh. Six weeks. Keep your powder dry.